Again, as I've told you before, there are great things going on downstairs with our children. They're hearing about Jesus. They're having the opportunity to, to hear about how much He loves them and their need for Him in their life and to forgive them of their sin and to follow Him all of their days. We never know what God is going to do. I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful to hear the stories of what God is doing in our lives. And so as we turn to Acts chapter 11 this morning, let's, uh, let's, do, a, let's do a brief recap. A brief recap, and that would, that would be that Cornelius' household got saved. Cornelius' household came to Christ. A bunch of people heard the gospel. A bunch of people were ready to hear the gospel. They were ready to hear the gospel. They heard the gospel, and they got saved. And they got saved. So let me ask you, what gospel conversations have you had this week? What gospel conversations have you had this week? So, um, Richard and I got to take another journey together on Friday. And one particular nurse that we've been seeing um, pretty regularly, Doug, um, we got into a conversation with Doug about the Lord. Found out that he was a he was a Christian and has attended, uh, has attended a church that, he now, that he's attending right now. He's been, I guess he's been attending it for a pretty good while, the way we took it. And, you know, it, it takes absolutely nothing to have the conversation. All you've got to be willing to do is open your mouth and ask somebody, ask somebody a question. Just ask them some kind of question. And they will... Um, They'll, they'll answer you one way or the other. And, and you know, whatever their answer is, you just take it, you take it, and you carry on the conversation from there. Anybody else? A gospel conversation. One thing, Earl, Peter. Uh-huh. When you asked him what he was saved, he didn't hesitate at all. Amen. Amen. And, and so, you know, sometimes you might have to explain what salvation means. What salvation means. And, but, you know, we're, we're ready for that, aren't we? We're ready for that. We're ready to share the gospel. We're ready to share the gospel. And if you tell me, Pastor, I don't think I'm ready to share the gospel, then you know what? Then we got to get you ready. we got to get you ready to share the gospel with whoever you have the opportunity to share the gospel with. Because there's going to be opportunities. There's going to be plenty of opportunities. You've just got to be ready to share when that opportunity comes. Now, salvation came to Cornelius' house, to all of those people. But there's going to be issues because Cornelius was a part of, or had been a part of the Roman government, a Roman military. 
Okay, so not only, not, not only was he not only was he a Gentile, but he was an even um, worse Gentile because he was part of the Roman military. So if, if, there, if there can be strikes against you in people's eyes, there were strikes against the fact that the gospel could be for these people. How could it be that way? How could the gospel be for them? Because you see, because you see dislike and hate and those kinds of things cloud, cloud the way that we, um, that we see things. I know that you all have probably been driven crazy by my glasses. I know they're driving me crazy, <laughs> but the, the UV protection is wearing off of them. It's wearing off of them, and I'm going to the eye doctor at the end of the month. But here's the thing. Um, if, you, if you look at me, you say, how in the world can you see? And, and I will just simply tell you, not very well. I'm, I'm doing, um, I'm doing as, as well as I can do with, with that issue of keeping them clean as much as I can keep them clean and all that kind of stuff. But it's still, it's still a little bit clouded. And I will tell you that depending on how you see people, depending on how you see people. You know, God had an intent for showing Peter what he showed him on that rooftop when he went up there to pray. He had a, he had a purpose to that vision. You remember where, the, where all of the animals were put, into that, put onto that sheet and that sheet was lowered down from heaven there to that rooftop for him to see because Peter had gotten hungry and God said, rise and eat. Well, you know what? It really had nothing to do about Peter's hunger. It really had nothing to do about the fact that he wanted to fill his belly. It was showing him that, you know what? You have to be very careful how you look at people. We have to be careful of our prejudices and how our prejudices can have an impact in what we do with the gospel. And what we do with the gospel, do you, do, you, do you realize that your prejudice, your prejudice could keep you from sharing the gospel with a person that needs to hear the gospel? And, and so God had a purpose in that. God had a purpose in that. And, 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 and because it is here in his word, we get to see it and understand it and, and look at what happens to Peter after the fact. Now, now. If there is such a time that we can be on a spiritual mountaintop, it's after we've gone in and shared the gospel and watched the whole household get saved. You know what? It has nothing to do with us, really. It has nothing to do with us, yet it has quite a bit to do with us because, because Peter took a journey to get from where he was to where he had to be so that he could share the gospel with this household. So let's read it and, and let's see where... Peter found himself. Chapter 11, verse 1. Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, You went in to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter explained, it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet, let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. 
When I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals on, of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been silent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house, who, who said to him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then God has granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. May God bless the reading of his word. So what, what has happened? Peter's gone back to Jerusalem. Peter's gone back to the church, and now he's got to report to the church what has just happened because there are some people that are upset. There are some people in the church that are upset over what has occurred there in Joppa. There in Caesarea, actually. He was in Joppa, had to go to Caesarea. But there in Caesarea, what has happened in Cornelius' house, there are people that are upset about it. Now, they're, they're called the people of the circumcision. But these are, these are Jewish Christians is what they are. They're Jewish Christians who have brought with them to their Christian faith baggage. I want you to understand that. There are, there are people in the church that have brought with their Christian faith baggage. And in this case, it's their Jewish tradition. It's their Jewish belief. It's what they were taught probably from as old as they could be taught. It's what they grew up believing. And you see, true, a true Jew and, and you really get to learn this when you fly internationally. You, you'll, run into, you'll run into true Jews. And, and, they will, and they will tell you, and they will tell you that the difference, the difference in, a, in a true Jew and a not-so-true Jew is that they don't believe that the Messiah has come. Okay? But these, these believers, these folks that are in the church in Jerusalem... And it's going to, this, this argument is going to go on. It's not going to be over with right here. It's going to go on for a, for a little while to the point that we'll get, we'll get to it where we'll even have to talk about the Jerusalem Council that is formed over this entire, over this entire issue. And so here they are in the church, in the church, and they've got, they're going to have to contend Peter has to contend. Peter has to, in a sense, have an argument with people who have a difference of opinion from him. Now, do we have that in the church from time to time? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, we have, we have a difference of opinion from time to time. And you know what? There, there is a contending that must occur. There is a contending that must, must occur. There are people that are on both sides of the fence. There are people that are on both sides of the fence on, an, on a particular issue. Um, I, I tell you that in, in my personal situation, I find myself contending with people of the faith more than any other thing. I really wish it was a little different. I really wish I was contending with people outside of the faith about our faith. That's what I wish I was contending about. But I'm finding myself, you, you know about what's going on with the Petersburg Baptist Association. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying over that. We are still working on that, we're still trying to get the deed of release from the deed of gift for this land because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing for our church to do. So I continue to contend with them. And I'm not contending alone. Did Peter, did Peter do this at Cornelius' house alone? No. If you remember, he took six, he took six people with him from Joppa, who were people, and Peter's, Peter's smarter than we give him credit for, but he, they were people of the circumcision. It said it right there in chapter 10 that these people of the circumcision, in other words, more Jewish Christians, more Jewish Christians, he took with him to Caesarea to witness, to witness what happened there. To witness what happened there. Do you know that I have not gone this journey with the PBA by myself. I hope you, maybe you know this, maybe this will be the first time you've heard this. But when we finally got to sit down with the trustees, the only time that we've been able to sit down with the trustees, my entire leadership team, minus I think one, was with me. It was, it, it, it truly was, it truly was a, an encouragement to me to be sitting at that table with the men of this church sitting there with me. And, and you know what? That goes, that there's so much, there's so much um, to say about that. There's so much to say about that. You know, it's one thing, I try, I try to... Um, I try to hear things clearly, but when, there's, but when there's five or six others, when there's five or six others sitting there with you, you know what? You, you hear it even clearer. Does that make sense? Richard and I have visited many, many doctors, and one of the things that I am for him is I'm another set of ears, and sometimes I have to use my mouth to talk on his behalf. But I'm another set of ears to make sure that we hear everything, hear everything correctly. Peter took people with him to hear and to see what took place at Cornelius's. And, and you know what? We go, back, we go back over here. We go back over here, and here's what it says in verse 45 of chapter 10. This is what the six, this is what the six saw. Let me, let me start at 44. When Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. In other words, the ones that Peter took with him were astonished in what they saw. 
because they weren't expecting to see what they saw. And that was the same thing that happened to them, Jewish, Jewish Christians, Jewish believers, Jews who became Christians, watched it happen to the Gentiles. Watched it happen to the Gentiles. So, so as we think about contending, as we think about having to stand up and, and, give, and give a defense for our position, give a defense for what we're, for, for what we're dealing with. You, you know, um, we, we, never know when those, we never know when those moments will come. We just have to be ready to, to give a defense. And, and, and that's, what, that's what sharing the gospel is all about. That's what sharing the gospel is all, all about. Being ready to share with people the gift of life. The gift of life. And, and to have difficult, have difficult conversations with people. Folks, my Monday was crazy. My Monday was crazy. I started with meeting a lady whose husband got burned really, really bad in an accident at home. And now they've, they've been moved from Augusta. They've been moved from Augusta to the burn ward at MCV. He will be there for a couple of months at best. So I went and met his wife for the very first time. For the very first time. As a fire department chaplain, I went and met his wife on Monday morning. Then uh, Monday afternoon, then Monday afternoon, I had to go and sit with one other firefighter, um, part of the peer support team. We went to, we went to another locality to talk with um, the crew that went to a um, baby that had been left in a hot car and the, and the child died. And so I had to go and I had to have that conversation with them. And then I was, I was sitting here in this church getting ready for community dinner and the, my phone rings. My phone rings, and, and it is communications telling me that I needed to go to Ettrick because a baby had just died, and they wanted me to come there on behalf of the mother, on behalf of the mother. And, and so, you, you know what? We never know when these conversations are going to come up. We never know when they're going to come up, but we've always got to be ready to have these. And, and Peter stands there and contends. <laughs> Look at what they were upset about. They didn't say, Peter, we're upset with you because you shared the gospel with Gentiles, that you shared the gospel with true enemies of ours, and they got saved. Um, I need to stay away from that corner. I'm sorry. Uh, you would think I would get that. But anyhow, um, but it wasn't that. It was the fact that Peter sat down and ate with them. That Peter sat down and ate with them. And, and that was a big deal. That was a big deal in Jewish, in Jewish tradition of who you sat down and ate with. You know what? Think about Jesus. Think about Jesus and where Jesus had, had his, his troubles is when he sat down and ate with sinners. When he sat down and ate with sinners. You know, the Pharisees were always, always on his case about who he sat down and who he ate with. It was a big deal. And I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, it's, it's not about it's not about food in this situation, though the Jerusalem Council is going to bring it down to food. But anyway, it's not about food as much as it is about how others viewed those people. How others viewed those people. So here's what, here's what Peter, Peter argued with. Here's what Peter argued with. Peter started at the beginning when he was in Joppa and Cornelius and his household there in Caesarea. And he started the story from there, and he tells the whole account. Now, home group the other night. 
home group the other night. And by the way, we have a home group on Tuesday night at Sean Tiffany's house. We have home group on Wednesday night right now meeting at Scott and Sheila's. And you, you know what? If you, want to, if you want to dig deeper in, in all of this, then this is what we're doing in home group. We're digging into this to, to Acts. And, and one of the things that I asked them to do the other night was to give the sequence of events from the moment that Cornelius received the vision until their baptism occurred, to walk through that. Because you know what? What we, can, what we can glean from that, what we can learn from that, is there is a process in which a person, in which a person hears the gospel and gets saved and all this kind of stuff. And when you, and when you think about that, it, it, it should help you it should help you with your gospel presentation. It should help you not be so devastated when they don't pray to receive Christ and you've done such a fantastic job of sharing the gospel. You, I mean, you nailed it. You got it right. You said everything you needed to say, and yet they look at you and say, not now. I'm not ready right now. But you realize there's a, there's a process to people getting saved. And prayer matters, and, and more people coming along and sharing matters, and not, losing, and not losing faith in who God is, and not losing hope in all of this. And, and so Peter laid it out. Peter laid it out. He talked about his vision, where God was dealing with his prejudices, and then Cornelius' vision, and what Cornelius obediently did as a result of that, and the fact that these this whole household got saved. And, you know, I asked the question in home group. Um, in case you wonder, I'm writing the questions. And um, they, they, they say they enjoy or try, trying to figure me out sometimes in these questions. But, but there, is a, um, there is a method and there is a, that there is a reason that we're asking to, um, to get you to think many different things about how this applies to us. And what was truly going on then. And so, Peter has his vision. Cornelius has his. Cornelia acts upon his. They go and get Peter. Peter was prepared. Peter knew that these people were coming because, because the Holy Spirit had told him they were coming. And so, Peter was ready when they got there. They left there. Let me just ask you. Has God ever moved you in that way? Has God ever sent you in that way? Has God, has, has God have, have, you known, have you known that God was the one that was moving you along, that was preparing you? you? You know what? We watched a paralyzed man and a dead person get raised from the dead. We, Peter did that. Peter did that there in Joppa, there in Joppa. And, and you know what? And, and you know what? You could, get, you could get enamored. You could get hung up. You could get... May we never forget those things because those were miracles of God that He did and people came to Christ because of it. But you know what? God was also getting Peter exactly where he needed to be at the moment he needed to be there. And he moves along and he, tells, and he tells the story and he makes reference. He makes reference to, hey, I want you to understand. I saw it. This is what I saw. 
and he was accurately depicting what he had, what he had been a part of. But he didn't have to have the conversation by himself because he's got six others that are of the circumcision that saw the same thing. And you know what? He's smart enough to know they need to be there. They need to be there and be his, be his witnesses to what he had seen because you know what? It's one thing when one says it. It's another thing when seven say it. It's one thing when one says something. It's another thing when seven others say the same thing. Do you understand? Do you understand that? And, and you, you know, we don't always have that luxury. We don't always have the luxury of having others with us. Do you know in, the, in, that, in that strange Monday I had, there were, there were moments there. When I went up there to meet his wife, you know who I wished I had with me? You know who I wished I had with me? Some of our ladies. Do you know when I went to, 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 the, to the baby that had passed away? Do you know who I wished I'd have had with me? Some of our ladies. Now, that doesn't go along with being a fire department chaplain. That's not one of my so-called options. But you, you know what? I sure would have liked to have had some of our ladies with me on both of those ends, on both of those situations. So... We are, we are, in a way, remedying one of those things. And that may, that may actually get to happen. But anyhow, so Peter uses those six to give testimony of what God has done in Cornelius' house. Talks about, talks about the Holy Spirit falling down upon them. Talks about, talks about the, the similarity of when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. You remember when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost? You remember how they, how they spoke in all the different languages and the, the people were able to, to hear clearly in their language these people glorifying God? And Peter says now this same thing happened again in Cornelius' house, that the Holy Spirit has fallen down upon these people. And because of that, because of that they, they began to speak in tongues and they began to magnify and glorify the Lord. And Peter even makes reference, Peter even makes reference here to the baptism of John, who baptized with water, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And let me, let me just take a moment to try to explain that so, that so that you have a little better understanding. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Okay, and John baptized with water. And at, and at that point, you, you remember that Jesus is, coming to earth, Jesus is coming to earth. John the Baptist arrives just before, on the scene just before Jesus. <clears throat> John the Baptist is, in the, is, is, out, is out preaching about Jesus' arrival, about Jesus' coming. John the Baptist is there baptizing in the River Jordan, and Jesus, and Jesus approaches him, and he doesn't know that it's Jesus. He doesn't know that it's Jesus, but he's been told on the one in whom the Spirit rests, that when you are to baptize. And, and, and so, and, and it was Jesus, and he knew then, he knew then that it was Jesus. He knew then that it was the Messiah because the Holy Spirit rested on him as a dove. You remember that story? You remember how that went? Okay, so now, so now there's this, there's this, Baptism by the Holy Spirit. 
And, and we sit there and we, and, we try to, and, and we try to understand what does that mean and how does that play, play into. So, because of Jesus, because of Jesus, because of, of Jesus and his example to us, because of Jesus, fully man, fully God, because of who Jesus was, we, by accepting, by accepting Christ, we now, we now, because of how the Holy Spirit is, is dispensed, in a matter of speaking, to us. In, a, in other words, when we become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. It is at that moment, because of Jesus and because of what he has done, that, the, that we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, and, and I, I, can remember, I can remember one of my professors in, uh, in seminary asking the question, asking the question, um, when, did that, when does that um, baptism of the Spirit occur? And how, and so on. And, 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 and again, so, so when we, and, and in this case, and in this case, Peter went to Cornelius' house. Peter shares the gospel of Jesus Christ shares the gospel of Jesus Christ, and because he's sharing the gospel and these people are receptive to the gospel, they're receptive to the gospel, the Holy Spirit falls down upon them and they're baptized in the Spirit. They're baptized in the Spirit right there because, because of their faith in Jesus Christ, because of knowing who Jesus is. And so uh, I just wanted to make sure that you understand. Now, now you sit here and go, well, then why do we do baptism in water? Why do we do a water baptism? Okay, now you understand that 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 happens in, and, and there is a baptismal pool back there in case you, but that that happens in the bat, baptismal pool does not save you. That does not save a person. A person, when they go into the waters of baptism, which is, by the way, one of those two ordinances that the, that the Lord has told us to carry on until he returns, that and the Lord's Supper. But baptism is, is, a, symbolic, is a symbolic view of a, of a, it's an outward expression of an inward change. You've heard that before. Okay, in other words, Christ has already done the work in us. The Holy Spirit already lives within us when we are saved. Baptism is an identification with who Jesus is. An identification with his, with his death, with his burial, with his resurrection. Okay, that's what baptism is. It's symbolic. It doesn't, it doesn't forgive you of your sins. It doesn't wash your sins clean or anything like that. It is simply an identification with who Christ is. It's the obedience step that we're called to, to go through after we've come to know Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now, here's a, here's a funny funny thing he says. If, any, if, if therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? You, you know, and that's a, that's a very true statement. That's a very true statement of who am I to say that the Holy Spirit can't come upon the Gentiles the way it came upon us because I just watched it come upon the Gentiles and, and so on and so forth. But you know what? Peter, Peter struggled with some things. You know that, right? You know that Peter struggled with some things. He denied Christ three times while Christ was still, was still alive here on this earth. And Jesus told him he was going to do that. Jesus told him he would do it. He said, before that rooster crows, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter denied that he would deny him, but he denied him anyway. And, and so go with me to Galatians for just a moment. 
I just want you to, I just want you to catch a moment in, in Peter's journey that was probably not one of, one of the um, greatest moments, but it was one of those situations where... So, Peter was in another place. Peter was in another place. And start, I'll start in verse 11. I'll read to verse 14. It says, Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Now, this is Paul talking about a, a, a contention that he was having with Peter. For before certain men came from James, he could eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. Now, isn't this an interesting conversation that Paul is writing down in Galatians? And the rest of the Jews also, now listen to this, and the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the number, in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? Paul had to, had to go face to face, had to withstand, had to withstand with Peter about what he did in Antioch, about the fact that, you know what? He's in Caesarea, and he stands, he stands firmly, he stands firmly with, but because of who came to Antioch, because of who came to Antioch, he and others, he and others, because, because it was kind of like, it was kind of like a leader follower, that kind of thing. When, when they saw who came from the entourage of people that came to Antioch, they had been sitting there and, and eating with the Gentiles. Then they got up and left. Then they got up and left. So, so I, 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 I say that, I say that to say that, you know what, Peter... We say Peter got it. When the Holy Spirit came up at their Pentecost and all this kind of stuff, and Peter was preaching boldly and all these kind of things, you know, there were still, there were still some times, there were still some times that Peter struggled with his own beliefs, with his own faith, and, and even, did, even made some bad choices, even did some wrong things in the midst of that. You know what? We can make mistakes as Christians. We can make mistakes as Christians. We... I never learn so much as I do when we go to Africa. Because when you, when you make a mistake over there, guess what? It's not, it's not somebody coming over and going, Hey, 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 Andrea, come here, I'm going to tell you something. It's not that. It's, hey! You know, and it goes on from there. And it usually gets louder. It usually gets louder with whatever you've done to the point, to the point that you realize. Now, there, there's some that might be kind of like that, you know, going to somebody and just kind of taking them off to the side and saying, hey, let me share something with you. But here's the thing. When they take you off to the side to share something with you, you better deal with it as quickly as you can deal with it, and they better not see it again. You know, you... Sometimes that's a very refreshing way for things to go. Do you understand that? It's very, it's very refreshing to get scolded and it be over with 
as quickly as it seems to be over with. That doesn't always happen. But say that to say, Peter's not going to get everything right in his journey and what, he's, and what he's teaching and preaching about. And sometimes it causes a setback even in, our, even in our message. It causes a setback even in our message. And then, and then some ministry leader and then some missionary and then some church planner and then somebody will come up and get face-to-face with you and let you have it. And let you have it. But you know what? If we deserve it, if we deserve it, then we need to be let have. <laughs> you, know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say here? If we deserve something like this, then we need, to, we need to go through this so that we can be refined because it's not about us. It's about the truth of the gospel going forth and nothing holding back the gospel. And you know, if there are hypocritical things in us, if there are prejudices in us, if there are all those different things, they need to go so that we can, so that we can clearly share the gospel with a lost and dying world. This world is in desperate need of the gospel. This country is in desperate need of the gospel. There's too much division. There's too much division in this, in this country, and the gospel is the thing that they need. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the thing that they need. We all need Christ. Song says everyone needs the Lord. And it says, when they heard these things, they became silent. When your, when your contention, when, when the group that you're contending against has nothing to say, has nothing to say, has nothing to come back with, hopefully that's a good thing. Hopefully that's a good thing. And in this case, it was. It was because you know what? The case had been made gospel went forth, these people got saved, this was the indication in, or the manifestation of them being saved. How is that any different than us? And because it was no different than us, we baptized them just like we got baptized, and so on and so forth. And then it says, and they glorified God, saying, then God has granted to the Gentiles repentance to life then God has granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. In other words, they've been saved, they've been saved from their sin. They, they now, they now are counted in that Lamb's book of life. They now, they now will spend an eternity, an eternity with Christ there in heaven. There's, there's no greater story that we could ever tell anyone. There's no greater story that we could ever tell anyone than to share with them the story of Jesus. And you know what? He just keeps giving us thing after thing after thing in our life. And it might not be something that we want. It might not be something that we, that we expected to come. But whatever comes in our life, He can take it. He can take it and He can use it for His glory. He can, he can use it. So Sheriff, can I tell your story? Thank you, Cheryl. I put her on the spot. She, <laughs> she'll come get me later. If, uh, she'll, she'll withstand with me later if necessary. But anyway, but no, she, so Cheryl had knee surgery. You know that. You know that she had knee surgery and everything was going along just fine. And the other day she gets in her car and she's going somewhere. I didn't, I didn't remember where. She, 
she's going to the grocery store, okay? She's going to the grocery store. And while she was attempting to, I think, get back in her car, her knee locked up. There was pain. There was a very hot knee. And it locked up to the point that she could barely get back in her car. But, but she was able to get in the car, and she couldn't think of anything to do except go to her therapist. And she gets to her therapist, but there's a problem. She can't move her leg. She can't get out of her car. All she knows to do is whistle as loud as she can whistle. I would let you demonstrate, but I'll hold that back. But the thing is, she, she whistles as loud as she can whistle. And yes, ma'am. There was only one parking spot in the whole parking lot. Right in front of the door. Okay? And she's able to whistle. They see or they hear the whistling and they come out. There are people actually there. They come out and next thing you know, they have to wheel her in on a wheelchair and they have to do a bunch of things. And her, her particular therapist was there who worked with her for about two hours. Was it one or two hours? Okay, about two hours to the point where when she got ready to leave, where she got ready to leave, she was able to again put weight on it. Now she's on an antibiotic because of that infection that was in her knee and all this kind of stuff and all these things. But she said, look at what the Lord did for me. Look at how the Lord provided, provided for me when I didn't know what, I, I did ask her, and you can ask her to verify, but I did ask her, what would you have done if nobody had been at the uh, rehab place? What was your next move going to be? And she told me, she gave a good answer. She gave a good answer of that one. But the thing is, but the thing is, God provided because they were there. They heard her whistle. They came out. They were able to help her. They were able to help her and do all these things. And you know what? And she says that since that time, I've been able to share of God's goodness. And I've been able to share of God's provision with people just based upon that. Just based upon that story had conversations with her grandchildren. She continues to get to talk to her grandchildren about Jesus. And, and, she, and she sees what happened to her the other day as something that God could use in a, in a powerful way in her life to share with other people. And you know what? And, and, and you know what? I, I see people all the time going through things that they would have never chosen for themselves. Never. Would have never chosen that for themselves. But you know what? God can use it, God can use it to increase your testimony on His behalf for people that are in so desperate need of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Most Precious Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we love you, we praise you, we thank you. Lord, um, thank, you for, thank you for what happened in Cornelius' house, and thank you for the boldness with which Peter stood before the church there in Jerusalem and, and battled it out about the fact that salvation had come to the Gentiles. Salvation had come to this household. Christianity was, was growing. Christianity was changing. It wasn't changing. It, it, it was exactly what you had planned. But there were a whole lot of people who had to come to grips, who had to come to grips with the way in which the gospel was going forth, with the people that were coming to a saving knowledge of you. And Lord, Lord, I just praise your name whenever a person accepts you as Lord and Savior. Lord, and I pray for each person here. I pray that we become a more, a bolder witness for you. 
Lord, that we can use our experiences, that we can use the things that are going on in our life to share you with a lost and dying world. And Lord, may we be brave enough to do it. May we be brave enough to open our mouths and to talk to people about you. Lord, Lord, thank you for what you are doing in this place. Thank you for what you are doing in the lives of your people. But Lord, we know that there is so much to be done. And, we, and Lord, may we obediently and quickly do everything we can to share you with, with this world. And Lord, um, and Lord, we'll just give you the praise, the honor, the glory. All this you most precious and holy name. Amen. Let's stand together.